0: Welcome to everybody. Uh, My own personal welcome to our uh, final round of the Health Tech Innovation Challenge. Welcome to the live audience that's here at Startup Health in San Francisco as well as to our live stream audience. And uh, we're going to have a panel discussion for a few minutes, which I will affectionately refer to as five white guys in suits talking about innovation.
1: (laughs) I don't have a suit on. Oh, you don't have a suit. You got
0: jeans. You're you're good. I got green (laughs) jeans. (laughs) It actually just struck me, the fact that we were here looking like this, talking about the topic that it deserved to be called out.
2: But we Uh, probably have plus or minus four years of age between us. Right. Good breath of
0: perspective. So uh, what we're going to address here is really uh, asking the question about big companies looking at startups. Historically, these kind of meetings are driven by investors thinking about investing. But the category that we're really interested in exploring is really when big companies look at startups and young companies, how do they think about them? And that's what the perspective is that you're going to get from the group. So we've got Chris Young, who is the vice president of innovation from Ascension, standing uh, right here next to me. And then next to him is Eugene Barukovich, who's the global head of digital health at Bayer. And then we have uh, Charles Antoine Jensen, who's managing partner of UCB board and a member of Coease Investment. He may tell you a little bit about why what that means relative to his perspective. And then Tom Van Heerdyen, who is the president of Diversified Businesses at Blue Cross Blue Shield of Minnesota. So uh, let me start with the first question, and I'm actually going to start a little bit out of order. I think, uh, Charles, I'm going to just start with you, but the question is real simple for all of you. Why do you come to things like this? What are you looking for?
3: UCB wants to um, generate great patient value. It can only do so by connecting to the best innovations all along the biopharma cycle, from drug discovery to clinical development to patient engagement. It's impossible for it to do it alone. So we seek to partner with the best innovators all around the world, and to have Accenture, who does the pre-screening, is obviously a, a great advantage. Okay.
1: Great. Thanks. Eugene? Yeah, I, I just wanted to add to it. So uh, for the startups, it's uh, you know, ABC, always be closing. Yeah. Um, I think for a team like mine is uh, always be connecting the dots, right? Uh, so ABCD. And yeah. I think, um, obviously, you know, bears, 100,000 plus employees. Um, it is important to connect to the ecosystem. And the reality is, I, I said it earlier in the day, that for every challenge that we have out there, there is a brilliant entrepreneur somewhere working on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, the idea is the team is here, we want to connect and ultimately co create. Very good. Chris, what brings you here? Much the same thing. I think the uh,
4: reality is the opportunity here is to spot the next brilliant company that's going to be potentially a unicorn or do something that is just fundamentally disruptive in healthcare. I don't think it's going to come from the ex- existing institutions. I think it's going to come from a couple people in some little incubator someplace. They're not even going to know what they have, and then it's going to blow up big.
0: Very good, very good. How about you,
4: Tom?
2: For us, this is about relationships. Uh, blue Cross of Minnesota is a relatively large blue uh, and really has repurposed itself in the last year or two as a national provider uh, within the health services space. So we're looking for relationships within the early stage community to, uh, to
0: invest in, to learn from, to share what we know. Very good. So let's dive a little deeper into this question. Uh, the question that uh, is often important and on the minds of young companies and startups is if, I want to, if, if a big company is looking at me, uh, what are you really looking at me for? Are you looking at me because you're interested in my technology or intellectual property? Is it a business model? Is it something else? So Chris, I'm going to ask you to start from your particular perspective. As you look at these startups, what are you looking for? Yeah,
4: so, the, so there are several lenses which I come at this. Um, the first thing is, does it have some sort of operational benefit that's going to be meaningful to us? and or a clinical benefit? Does it do something that really is going to drive quality in our organizations? Third, does it give us some sort of strategic edge? And that can be, that can be with consumerism or uh, some sort of digital consumer engagement, something that really gives our markets a little bit better advantage to make the experience for customers much more um, attractive and appealing because there's more and more choice that's out there. I think ultimately the other thing which comes down to it is are you really solving a problem or did you just come up with a function? Mm-hmm. Or did you come up with a, a, a feature or, or do you have a real product? Do you have something that's real, that's thought out, that has the opportunity to basically be put into a healthcare ecosystem and not just something you dreamed up? And have you really thought through how are you going to put that into those those ecosystems, whether it be from a payer provider standpoint or from any other standpoint? But
0: But will it really work and have you come at it from a mature lens? Very good. So, uh, Eugene, from a life sciences company perspective, how do you think about, what are you looking for?
1: Uh, So, I'll, I'll, it's actually pretty binary and a good friend of mine, Millen, said this the other day on, on posted on Facebook and it just resonated with me. It's, you either do things better or do better things. Mm -hmm. And so, with the team, we're, we're actually looking both ways. In a sense, one is to solve existing challenges within the organization and they're not unique within the life sciences industry. And on the other side is how do we do better things? How do we co-create with the entrepreneurs? How do we build new things that will actually impact people's lives um, uh, you know, going forward? So bo- both sides, both sides are important. Um, and you know, specifically, uh, we try to be very transparent within our programs around the challenges. Um, you know, last year we ran um, a, a program called DealMaker, 30 plus challenges, very transparent. Uh, you know, come apply and, and, and we also serve as a gateway to, um, you know, to the large organization. Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm. On, um, on the technology side, we see that they evolve and change at, a, at an exponential rate. And so it's very difficult for us to, to be able to pick the right technologies. Um, but we also see that a lot of our technologies in in research get quite uh, rapidly outdated, so we 're looking to optimize our research technologies to make research in drug discovery much more effective. Clinical trials have a huge potential to become more effective through the application of new technologies and then, on patient engagement um, we're just scratching the surface, and some uh, entrepreneurs are understanding patients' experiences and managing to link them to various technologies that are going to create huge transformations in the way we will be engaging and the proximity we'll be having with uh, with those patients mm-hmm. that were not possible before.
0: Very good. Tom, how about for you from an insurer perspective?
3: I'd say the first
2: is mission orientation, candidly. Mm -hmm. So um, we're a nonprofit mission-based organization to make a healthy difference in people's lives. That is not our members' lives, to make a healthy difference in people's lives broadly. So we've got to have entrepreneurs that are mission-oriented versus financially-oriented. Second is around subject matter expertise. So we uh, have a queue of uh, clinical areas of interest for us and we are looking for entrepreneurs who are slightly ahead of our thinking or uh, vastly ahead of our thinking in our areas of interest. And the last is just, you know, candidly, quality of talent because uh, we're a relatively small organization, 4,000 people. We need people who
0: can come on board and, uh, and lead. So uh, as I listen to the operating company perspectives in particular, it's pretty clear that you're looking at these investments uh, as uh, enabling the Core business, as opposed to maybe necessarily getting into some completely different business. Do you think about if you Do you think about looking at startups more when you're trying to uh, enable a sustaining innovation, or do you think about it more when you're trying to do something more disruptive? Uh, what's your perspective on that, or does it matter? Chris, you nodded. What are your? So, so I think it's
4: both. I think you can do in, um, incremental innovation through a lot of things but I think it's incumbent upon us to really think about what's the job to be done that we haven't tackled yet. And I think that that's gonna come through disruptive innovators. Some are gonna be sitting in this room right now, some, some were sitting in the room last year, and some aren't even
0: born yet. Right, yeah, I, I th- from just uh, looking at the companies that are gonna be represented up here in the pitch, you could say that some of them look like they're pretty straightforward sustaining innovation, meaning they're attempting to solve a current problem better. And some are really just trying to solve some a completely new problem did you have a, a
2: yeah there? I, I I would say in our business uh, I'll put it in two halves. first is the core uh, health plan side within the state of Minnesota, three million members, and we partnered with an early stage pre series A company last year called Learn to live uh, This is a cognitive behavioral therapy company. they had maybe ten or twenty thousand uh active members, and uh, 15 months later, I think they're at eight or 900,000 active members. Still pre-Series A. They're about to close. But that's an example where we took risk, meaning early-stage innovator who we thought had something very efficacious, but we weren't sure, but as a small health plan, quote-unquote, uh, we could take the risk because we believed it to be true. Twelve months later, it was proven to be true, hmm. and now they're maturing. So that's in the core health plan side. On the innovation side for us, meaning uh, where we're really focused on getting things nationally pl- deployed, um, we've got a couple teams working on that, one of which is at the very, very tip of the spear. And so that's where, in my last answer around subject matter expertise and mission orientation, etc., that's where we want to partner with those companies that may be early in concept, something past a PowerPoint, um, but that we can help shape their roadmap and maybe get them to market in a way that uh, they couldn't have otherwise with our access to distribution.
0: Very good, um, Tom. Let me just follow up. Then, uh, big companies work with small companies all the time. Fits and starts. Some successes, some failures. Yeah. What is uh, from your experience? What is typically the hardest part of a big company actually figuring out how to take advantage of the capabilities and technology and know-how in a startup? Is it? Is it? making the technology plug-and-play? Is it business models? Is it operating models? What do you see as the big challenges?
2: I think it's cultural. Uh, I I actually think there aren't too many impediments, at least with an organization our size. I feel that we're fairly uh, fleet of foot, Um, where we've seen a little bit of friction in a couple of uh, circumstances. If we're dealing with a pre-series A firm um, and we think that we can bring great access uh, to distribution and some expertise, we're going to want to share in the game. Mm -hmm. So whether it's through a performance warrant or some kind of equity share, I'm just putting it out there. We're going to want, if there's going to be a bunch of winners, we're going to want to be one of them. Mm -hmm. And we've had a couple of surprising scenarios where the entrepreneurs, uh, I've done this, as you and I know, we go back a ways. I've done this many, many, many times. And of late, we've seen one or two points of friction on that with early entrepreneurs who get close to the altar with us and then they go, oh, we just, we can't give up that equity even though they have no
1: revenue, uh,
2: no customers.
1: So. Uh, Eugene. Yeah. I'm not going to beat around the bush. I think the biggest challenges is uh, politics and culture. Um, I I think, um, you know, the the definition of a corporation is to execute on an existing business model the best way possible. And, you know, I always kind of joke around, how many new business model workshops can you have? <laughs> and else can't take it in, right? So I think, you know, you need to be clear around what's incremental innovation, what's, you know, evolutionary and transformative, which takes time, and what is disruptive. And place your bets and focus. And I think the easiest things to quote-unquote sell internally are mm. always things with a much shorter ROI that's right. solving the existing challenges of today or 12 mm. months or 24 months. Um, so, you know, that's, that's been uh, really the, I, I think, and this is not unique to Bayer, I think any large organization, I've been part of a few, it's, it's really comes mm-hmm. down to that from for my perspective.
0: I'm interested in Chris's perspective and then I, uh, I want to go to Charles because I've got a version of that question for you because you have a very unusual perspective here. Yeah, I think that uh, large
4: organizations can be extremely complex to navigate and I think the key thing is smaller companies should very be very, very um, clear about do they have an executive sponsor that's really able to get through all the hurdles, and there are a lot of hurdles um, because you're dealing with a small country sometimes. There's legal, there's IT review, there's compliance, there's all kinds of things that can be elongated in larger larger companies of all types just because that's the way it is. There are there are ways to get through them faster, but, but you really need to have a champion that can navigate that for you. If you don't, you can spend a lot of cycles going down a pathway and achieving nothing. And I'm watching many, many people in this room that are on my side of the fence, and then I I have a feeling that a lot of people who are entrepreneurs who've already
0: been burned a few times, you gotta be very thoughtful about that. Yeah. Charles, before uh, we came up here, you and I had an interesting conversation because one of the things you do is uh, social impact investing. And it was interesting to me when you were talking to me about the companies or the entities that put money into it, what they're looking for and how that connects up to the startup community a little bit. And I think that really is a little telling in some ways about some other ways that people can think about working with, with uh, young companies. Can you tell us a little bit about that? And, uh, and, and how you think about that, uh, the startups, in terms of some of these other problems that you're dealing with?
3: Sure, um, so Coise is an impact investing firm, and uh, so we look at companies that are at an early stage have a great societal transformation potential and financial returns. And increasingly we have large multinationals who come and see us and um, who notice that they're actually generating the majority of their profits from high income segments, that middle income and low income segments are much higher in terms of needs in that specific Mm -hmm. industrial area. Today, the pool of profits there is much smaller, but it's growing much faster. And so uh, either they want to invest in that area to understand about it, or they want to invest in that area as a first step in order to fertilize that space that hopefully they will contribute to making a more prosperous market for them in the future. Mm -hmm. And and they know that basically they have, multinationals, have the capacity to scale a solution and execute uh, better than anyone. But they know that social entrepreneurs as well as tech entrepreneurs, often combinations of the two, are much better than them at finding solutions that are an answer to societal needs at the ground level. And so, the match needs to be done, and you're basically organizing that uh, in a way today. Great,
1: thank you. I, I, I just wanted
3: to add, I, I heard
1: something at one of the conferences that it turns out that things that are good for the society are actually good for profits as yeah. well, right? Because it is solving a, a real issue. And uh, we have a Bayer Foundation and you know it's always about the passionate people that run these things. So Timo runs they just launched the grants for Thank impact. You for and, coming and it to the Startup Health Festival. This
0: is a friendly reminder. Not just for the society at 6 PM. but for the corporations as well. Mm. Chris you're a not for profit uh, faith-based organization. It seems like social impact as a concept uh, might resonate too with some of your strategy. How does that play itself out? Yeah, I think it's on a, a
4: case-by-case basis, but wherever there is an opportunity um, where we can actually impact the social good and, in, and engage in social justice, of course, as a, a Catholic-based organization, we're going to want to do that. Um, it's, you know, it's not always clear-cut when you're dealing with something that's a, an online tool, but at the end of the day, anything that empowers consumers or... Empower, empowers bottom of the, the pyramid um, in terms of anybody and really dealing with the people who are most poor and vulnerable in our society. We're going we're gonna to put a good solid look at it.
0: Yeah. Do you, what about from an insurer's perspective? They are, they're often viewed as being very uh, focused on the bottom line. Do you see them also stepping into this?
2: Uh, I, I certainly do within the uh, state of Minnesota and just a little history. Uh, Minnesota was the very first blue plant. So the Blues were uh, created out of Minnesota, so the, the aspect around mission thinking uh, and social impact is at the absolute core yeah. uh, of our mission and what we do, so yeah, it's, it's uh, dead center. We measure ourselves. The board, uh, in fact, just gave us, leadership team, a 10-year goal uh, in the state of Minnesota, which uh, coming from my prior for-profit experience is a bit unique, uh, and that goal is around uh, social impact. So.
0: Very good. So in our last minute, I'm going to ask you one quick question. Uh, and uh, this is, this is uh, in response to the fact that we talked to a lot of people, and they're starting to tell us that they're getting tired of concepts like innovation, and startups, and challenges, et cetera. So uh, do we have this meeting in five years? Do we call it something else? Does it move on and evolve into something else? Does it get adopted in a different way? Where's it, where, what's, the, what's the future of this dialogue? What does it look like? I'll start here with Chris. So I, I don't know that we call it innovation anymore. We
4: call it the job to be done. I like that. And I think that uh, at least 50% of this panel should be women at that point. Yeah, so I'm going to give you that.
0: I
1: got two daughters and you need might want to work on so, some diversity. Right? Yeah. Uh, I'm just going to simply call it got shit done. Uh-huh. The GST
3: man. Yes. Yeah. Very good. Charles, what do you The think? biopharma industry's business model has been very static for many years. It started to move maybe uh, five years ago. There's definitely gonna be a need for more than five years for it to have come to a new level of stability. Tom?
2: So many of you may know how these panels work. They send you questions in advance, you get prepared. This one was not on the list. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Kave whispers this in my ear right before we're walking up here. He's like, what are you gonna call this conference in five years? So I came up with spectrovation. It's not innovation, it's a new spectrum of innovation. Yeah. So I've got uh copyrighted for... Uh,
0: oh, very good. <laughs> very good. Very good, very yep. good. Tom, Charles, Eugene, Chris, thank you for your perspectives. Thank you for your help today. And uh, thank good you coming. all. Let's stay for the pitches.